Lord Bloodraw's nerve-wracking auditorium is made possible by Lord Bloodraw's Patreon supporters. Lord Bloodraw keeps the love of vintage horror and science fiction alive with three weekly shows. The Nerve-Wracking Auditorium, Lord Bloodraw's Nerve-Wracking Theater, the long-running syndicated TV series presenting horror and science fiction feature films, and Lord Bloodraw's Cathode Zone, presenting episodes of classic genre TV shows. For more info, go to patreon.com slash lordbloodraw. Ah, I'm so glad you're here. Allow me to introduce myself. I am Lord Bloodraw. I host horror and science fiction films on my TV series, Lord Bloodraw's Nerve Rack and Theater, but here, in this cool, intimate darkness, I'll be presenting tales of horror and the uncanny solely for you, alone. In this auditorium within your mind, you will coalesce the settings and the players from the ether of your imagination. Your terror will be your own creation. This is the sorcery of sound, the subtle magic of old-time radio horror. horror. at the door. You will not need them. This is Lord Bloodraw's nerve-wracking auditorium. It is a peculiar trait of vampires, according to some tales, that a vampire may not enter a home unless invited in. These vampires depend on the kindness or gullibility of strangers to hunt. To offer kindness and hospitality to a stranger in need is a wonderful thing, until it isn't. Here, from author Sheridan Lafanu, comes one of the earliest vampire tales, Carmilla, from Nightfall. falling, lost in the listening distance, as dark locks in. <laughs> Nightfall. Good evening. Tonight's play is based on an all-time horror classic by Sheridan Le Fanu. Adapted especially for the series by Graham Pomeroy and John Douglas. But right now, the name to remember is Carmilla. (laughs) 
children love castles and fill their dreams with them. I, I thought I was the luckiest girl in the world because I lived in one. could never have afforded a real castle back at home in England. But in the wilds of the Black Forest, my father's income was ample. If one didn't mind the shadows. So long as you're not frightened by rumors of trolls and coaches drawn by headless horses, Margaret, Germany should be quite pleasant. And so it was for years, as I remember. We were much alone, my widowed father, myself the governess and a few servants, in a wasteland of black firs stretching to the horizon. The castle and the long white road unrolling before it from one dark mouth of the forest to another were never more magical one night. That night when the moon should have hidden her face. Margaret! Margaret! Where are you, ma petite? Here, madame, bathing in the moonlight. Indeed. Indeed, ma chère. It is the land of fairy tonight. But you must not stay too long. When the moon shines like this, like silver, all on fire, it is very dangerous. Madame, your petite enfant is a grown woman now. No more stories to frighten children. Come, sit here by me. It's still bright as daylight. <sighs> I had a cousin once... He was a sailor. Like a fool, he fell asleep on deck in such a moon as this. And when he woke, an old woman was clawing at his face. Oh, madame, you should have been German. You see spirits. I am German, on my mother's side. One would never have known it. <laughs> you make fun of me. But I tell you, look at the castle windows. They flash and sparkle in the light. It is as though hands not seen had lighted up the rooms to receive guests from the other world. Still trying to frighten my daughter, Madame Peridon. One would think in 20 years you might have given up. She does not know the meaning of fear. Oh, Papa, Madame has been trying to convince me that the moon is a bad angel. There are certainly some of them about, I'm afraid. I have some rather sad news for you, Margaret. Would you excuse us, madame? But of course, monsieur. I will... Yes, madame? Did you not hear a sound? Nothing but the night. Margaret? No? Perhaps you are right, ma chère. Ah, I grow old. So much beauty all around, Papa, and such a long face. <sighs> I've had a long letter. You remember me speaking of my old friend, General Spielstorff? How could I forget? You've promised that he'll bring his daughter Elizabeth to visit us just as soon as she's well enough to travel. Oh, if you knew how I long to meet someone my own age. I know. I'm afraid now you will have to wait 
But his daughter has recovered. His daughter is dead. Papa. You had better see the general's letter. I'm afraid he is suffering greatly. The letter appears to have been written by a man... nearly half-crazed. My dear Lauriston, during the last days of Elizabeth's illness, I could not write to you. And before then, I had before no then, idea of her danger. I had no idea of her danger. I have lost her. And now learn all. Too late. The fiend who betrayed our infatuated hospitality has done it all. I swear before Almighty God, I will devote my remaining days to tracking and extinguishing a monster. Sometime in the autumn, or earlier, if I live, my hunt may bring me to your area. I will then tell you all I dare not put on paper now. Farewell. Pray for me, dear friend. Pray for me. Pray for me. Oh, Papa, the poor man. What's that? Crap. So late? Monsieur, Margaret, a, a carriage is coming through the woods on the North Road. And whipped on by a madman. Do you hear how fast he drives? But they will never... He'll never take the curve by the great oak. Wolfgang, Manfred, come here, quickly. Sail, sail. Here they are. Oh, Papa! They're going to help you! see if they're hurt! See if there's anything you can do for them! I thank you, gentlemen. Thank you all, but there is no serious damage. You there, help my daughter, and be gentle as you go. Mind there. From the overturned carriage stepped, unharmed, a cold, imperious woman, all in black, commanding the frightened servants as they brought up the most beautiful young girl, about my age, as pale as marble, who at first sight appeared to be... to be... Oh, la belle! La belle! Pauvre petite! She's dead! The young lady is dead! For God's sakes, Madame Peridon, control yourself. Bring the young lady here, Manfred. As I thought, her pulse still beats. She has only fainted. Oh, Lord, we are lost. Lost. My lady, your daughter is only suffering from shock. Ah. A night's rest, one night only, and you may ride on. Alas, alas, sir, that is exactly what I cannot do. I am on a journey of life and death in which to lose an hour is to lose all. I must go on instantly. My poor child cannot come with me now. God forgive me. I must leave her in the closest village. Have pity on a poor mother. Tell me how... How far to the nearest inn? Oh, Papa, please ask her to stay with us. She's so pretty and so alone. I do so want a friend. Please. Madame, would you do us the honor of leaving the young lady here as our guest until your return? 
She would be a welcome friend to my daughter, Margaret. And my servants would answer her every wish. Sir, I cannot. Oh, please. You see, we insist. Very well. Remember, it is at your own invitation. But of course. I shall return in one month. In the meantime, my daughter will be silent as to who we are, where we are from, and where we are going. Thank you again. Goodbye. My lady. Yes? Will you not say farewell to your daughter? Oh. Yes. When she wakens, by all means, tell her I kissed her. Farewell. Au revoir. Adieu. Her servants had righted the carriage with astonishing speed, and the lady in black stepped swiftly into it. A moment, and carriage, horses, passenger and all had been swallowed up into the dark maw of the forest. At the very moment when the last sound of wheels died away among the trees, the young lady opened her eyes. My... Mother, where is she? My dear young lady, your mother had no choice but to resume her journey immediately. You are to be our guest here for a little while. Our name is Loriston. I am called Carmilla. May I present my daughter? Margaret? How do you do, Carmilla? You aren't hurt. Oh, no. I think I was hurt once. But that was ever so long ago. How beautiful you are. father only yesterday, ma chère. What a piece of luck. Is she not beautiful, this Carmilla? Here, scarcely a month, and already she loves you as much as we do. <laughs> no, I swear she loves you more. She is very beautiful. Her affection is flattering, but... Ach, you are too cold, you English. To see her stroke your hand and brush your fine hair by the hour. I did so want a friend. Now I seem to have one indeed. But she is so different from anyone I have ever known. Ah, these noble families. You have only to look at her to know she is of old blood. Though she will not say, they are often very odd. I remember once in France... She appears to eat or drink almost nothing. Pure delicatesse, Margaret. A refinement natural to her rank. When we take even the shortest walk, she's exhausted almost at once. I sometimes think she may be ill. <laughs> because she does not strut about like a peasant. You must read the modern authors. As for living, our servants can do that for us. A funeral? 
Here? So far from anywhere? It is the forest ranger's daughter. You know they found her there this morning. Oh, I heard. Ah, la pauvre. I will go and say a prayer for her. Will you come? No, madame. I promised to meet Carmilla here. I will pray for both of us then. Do not stay too long. It will be dark soon. What is that hideous music? Carmilla, those poor people are weeping and you talk as though we were at a concert. Don't you hear how discordant it is? How it grates the ears? On the contrary, I think it is very moving. Our religion. How can you tell? That your religion and mine are the same. Your forms wound me. And I hate funerals. What a fuss. Why, you must die. Everyone must die. And all are happier when they do. I think she would have been happier to live. She? Oh, I don't trouble my head about peasants. I don't even know who she is. She is that poor girl who thought she saw a ghost a week ago. They say she has been dying ever since. Tell me nothing about ghosts. I shan't sleep tonight if you do. I hope there is no epidemic coming. The swine, her young wife, died only a week ago, and she imagined that something took her by the throat. The doctor says that so much delirium surely means fever. The swineherd's wife. Well, her funeral is over, I hope. And her hymn sung. And our ears shan't be tortured for her. Like... Like this. Carmilla! Are you ill? Your... Your face! Close. Come close to me. Hold my hand. Tight. Tighter. Oh, you're crushing my hand. of strangling people with hymns? Camilla, I don't understand. Sometimes you are the gentlest friend I could ever imagine. And sometimes... Dearest, I... think me not cruel. I obey the irresistible law of my strength and weakness. If your dear heart is wounded, my wild heart leads with yours. You have not wounded me, dear Carmilla. I fear I have. But you see, I cannot help it. As I draw near to you, you in turn will draw near to others and learn the rapture of that cruelty which yet is love. I don't know you. I don't know myself when you look so and talk so. What do you mean by all this? My darling, seek to know no more of me or mine. Please. Trust me. Trust me. 
with all your loving spirit. was a dream. I cannot call it a nightmare, for I was quite conscious of being asleep. I saw, or thought I saw, the room and its furniture just as I had seen them last, except that it was very dark. And then, I saw something moving round the foot of the bed, a figure whose face and form I could not see save only two dull points of red, like the embers of a fire as it dies. It approached slowly, ever closer. In the last moment before it reached me, I seemed to hear a voice coming not from my visitor, but from far, far away, sweetly and tenderly. But with terrible urgency, it whispered. Your mother warns you to be aware of the assassin. But the glowing coals were already inches from my face, and... <gasps> Suddenly I felt a stinging pain, as if two large needles darted an inch or two apart, deep into my breast. I tried to scream, but found... Increasing uh, languor. Hmm? By exhaustion, Doctor. She complains more and more of suffocation. And her color. Mm, I can see for myself, Herr Lauriston. This sensation of needles you mentioned, Fraulein. Where exactly? Here, Doctor. Over the heart. You're rather young for angina, surely. <sighs> What is it? The scars. Two tiny white scars. But how could she suffer so from those? They could be no more than insect bites. Lauriston, do you know the stories, myths, you would say, tales that they tell here in our black forest? Tales of disease? Of those who bring it. Fraulein. After those needles, as you call them, is there any other sensation? It is a little like bathing. I do not understand. It's like, you know the pleasant cold thrill you feel when you swim upstream against the current of the river? And in the heart of that cold, warm lips are kissing me. I... Yes. I sometimes wish I never had to wake up. Fraulein, Fraulein, you must not feel so. You must resist. To love your destroyer 
kiss to be lost. My destroyer? Dr. Waldman, what are you saying? I do not know how you will believe me, but you must. Your daughter is... Is... Marison! Marison! My God, that's... Forgive my haste, old friend. But I have no time for niceties. I have ridden through the night, lest she escape me. You are not alone. Spielsdorf. We did not expect you so suddenly. I have not one moment to lose. May I present Dr. Wallman, General Spielsdorf. Uh, General. Uh, doctor. My daughter, Margaret. Welcome, sir. My dear Fraulein. My child. You are... Ill. Well enough to be thankful you are here at last, General. Oh, you're not wrong. She is so like my Elizabeth, even to her pallor. God send her a better deliverance. We were all so grieved to hear... I will grieve for my daughter, Fraulein. Oh, I will grieve... When I have first had vengeance on the devil who killed her. Killed her? As surely as a dagger to the heart. Listen. And you will hear how my blindness, my folly, brought my darling to the grave. You too, doctor. Hear me. Hear how little your science knows of things that walk the night. I am... Listening. So? Early this summer, my dear Elizabeth and I attended a magnificent celebration at a neighbor's castle. A masked ball. Oh, masked indeed. Oh, yes, it was. When the fireworks were ended and the dancing began... I realized that a young lady and her chaperone, masked and richly dressed, had been following my daughter with extraordinary interest. Suddenly, the older woman was beside me. General Spielsdorf, I believe. Uh, you uh, have the advantage of me, madame. Do you not know who I am? If madame would remove her mask... No, 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 I must not. Though we are older and better friends than perhaps you suspect, Friedrich. Madame, you embarrass me. If you would but say... Soon, Friedrich, soon you will know everything. But for a brief time, I must implore your aid as an old friend whose honor will ask no more. Why, how, how may I... Uh, I know not what to say, madame. I have, this moment, received news that reached me like a thunderbolt. I must leave at once on a journey of life and death in which to lose an hour is to lose all. My poor ward, there, cannot come with me. She is still delicate from an accident. I plead with you. I beg you, take my poor Mirkala under your protection. I know she will be safe for the brief month I shall be absent. Oh, consent and save a desperate woman. Madame, with the best will in the world, how can I... 
I do not know your ward at all. She is Mirkala, Countess of Karnstein, a name to honor any house. Oh, look. Friedrich, see how she and your daughter are friends already. Look. Look, Mirkala takes her hand, and your daughter looks... I turned to look, and it was true. My daughter was entranced by her new companion. I turned back, and amid the swirling dancers, my masked interrogator was gone. The next moment, my darling daughter came to me, innocent as a fawn, pleading with me to invite Mirkala home. I weakened. I did. Karnstein. Karnstein. There is a ruined chapel of the Karnsteins here in the forest. The last member of the family died 200 years ago. No, she was only buried. Spielsdorf. What are you saying? Herr Lauriston, I think he is saying that I was trying to tell you just now. You claim, General, that your daughter was murdered? Within three weeks, my Elizabeth sank and died. Every morning she was paler, weaker, and more bloodless. She suffocated slowly and whispered of terrible dreams. Mirkala was always by her side, so loving. And on her breast, or perhaps her throat, two tiny scars like the scratches of a pin? You? No. You believe? Your friends, General. Your friends believe now, too. Don't you, Herr Lauriston? Mirkala? Carmilla. General, we have a house guest named Carmilla. She was left behind with us by an unknown lady on a desperate journey. General! Look at my daughter! Caught in heaven. Her mark. She is here. The devil I hunt is here. Where? Show me. Where is she? At this hour, she keeps to her room. Carmilla rises late. General, do you have what we will need? It is with me always since... Since... Frederick, I will go with you. No, David, no. I will go alone. But I... It must be my hand, David. Your daughter is still alive. Perhaps Carmilla saw the general arrive. 
Perhaps some instinct of her kind had warned her. But General Spielsdorf found an empty room, cold as though it had never been inhabited. Of course, it never really had. On moonlit nights, I walk where we walked together. Margaret. Margaret. God forgive me. I miss her. And I almost smile in my mirror to see that the scars do not heal. Vampires are predators, and a predator may use agility, speed, and strength to take its prey. But the most subtle and savory method to hunt prey is seduction. To slowly enfold one's victim in fascination. To make the prey crave the sweet kiss of fangs at the throat. Thank you for joining me in the Nerve Rackin' Auditorium, and I hope you'll come again. But now it's time for you to rejoin the, uh, real world. I am Lord Bloodraw, and I'll be waiting here for you in the shadows of your mind until the next time you seek the darkness. Good night.